Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This is episode 367, and we're talking about how to find lesser known attractions while traveling. That's right. Whether you're talking to locals, following your feet, or just getting lost, it's going to be a great episode. We're in Prague, and we are doing all of those things. We sure are. I mean, at the moment, I'm kind of necked deep in my Delta course, so I'm working very, very hard at the moment on learning how to be a better teacher. But in the weekends, we still have a little bit of time to explore Prague, get to know a little bit more. I mean, we've been here so many times that we've done the top 10 things, right? So we're trying to find extra stuff, things that aren't in the top 10 lists, little unknown, unappreciated gems that we can do to get to know the city a bit better. Yeah, that's right. And uh, even though we had a lot of fun researching for our last podcast, it's not all about beer drinking either. That's right. So yeah, and we're you're you're doing your course. We are yeah more than halfway through our time here now, and beginning to plan what to do next. Maybe 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 we might end up doing some of the Camino de Santiago out from Prague. We have a lot of Camino resources at indietravelpodcast.com slash Camino. And we're thinking about starting one outside of Spain, even though we definitely don't have the uh, couple of months we'll need to get from here to the West Coast. I mean, it could be fun. We really wanted to do one in Spain, but I was a bit concerned about accommodation because it'll be the end of August, maybe the beginning of September, and that's high season for the Camino. But if we do it kind of not where everyone goes, somewhere a bit unusual, then we might might be luckier, and also we'll probably book all of our accommodation in advance. Mm-hmm. I think that would be another great way to find some lesser-known attractions as well. <laughs> well, that's right. We'll be walking through lots of small towns, small villages, going through forests, and we'll be able to see some really interesting things. Yeah, yeah. Once again, our sponsor this week is Visit Milwaukee. So thank you to Visit Milwaukee for sponsoring this episode of the Indie Travel Podcast. Do go back and check out episode 363 for some of the top things to do in Milwaukee, like festivals, drinking beer, visiting the art gallery, or going to the Harley-Davidson Museum. However, there are heaps of less well-known things to do in Milwaukee as well. And in this show, we're talking about how to find hidden gems, both in Milwaukee and anywhere else you may be. You know, it's easy to find top attractions in a city. Whatever comes into your head first when you say a city's name, it's likely to be one of those things. Okay, let's play a game. So I'm going to say a place, and you should say what you immediately think of. Okay, I'm not good at games like this, but let's try. Paris. Uh, Eiffel Tower. Sydney. Harbour Bridge. Cambodia. Angkor Wat. Peru. Machu Picchu. Egypt. Pyramids. Prague. Oh, Old Town. Yeah, maybe like yeah, Charles def- Bridge. Yeah, or- de- definitely Old Town. Yeah, it, it encapsulates yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. a whole lot of different things. Okay, so the things you said are likely to be either the number one or in the top three or four attractions in a city, right? And I'm not saying that you shouldn't do those things. I think if you go to Paris, you should definitely see the Eiffel Tower, of course. But what do you do when the best attractions just aren't of interest? You know, mm. you're not you're not interested, or maybe in the case of Machu Picchu, we're a bit opposed to, you know, the exploitation of resources, or, or you're based somewhere for a while and you've run out of the top 10 things to do, that's when you need to start looking for lesser-known attractions. Yeah, and a quick Google search will land you with pages and pages of telling you, you know, the top 
10, the top 7, the top 15. And but yeah, they're all going to have a real lot of overlap. And that's something we've tried to avoid with indie travel is to try and unearth some of those small, you know, weird things as well as making sure you've got coverage of those really important things, right? But yeah, it's it's tough when the resource you've got to search for, for new information is just showing you the same things over and over and over again. So what do we do? Well, first of all, I recommend you talk to locals, which has definitely stood us in good stead here in Prague. We have found lots of bars. I mean, lots of interesting things to do. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you might go, oh, I don't know any locals. How do I find them? Well, you've got uh, people that work in your hotel or your hostel. They live there. They've got stuff to recommend. Uh, shop assistants, we've ended up chatting with them in some places and got good ideas about where to go or where not to go. And we've really enjoyed staying with couch surfing over the years and with Airbnb. Especially, you know, Airbnb can be a bit hit or miss, but, but sometimes those hosts want to spend a bit of time with you. And yeah, and that's just great. I think one of our most meaningful experiences of finding kind of the lesser known attractions was when we spent six weeks traveling through Germany and we spent the weekends couch surfing. So we had like, I think it was Friday, Saturday and Sunday night with couch surfing hosts. And then during the week, we stayed in a hotel in the city center. And it was just so cool because during the week, we went and did the top 10 attractions. Like when we were in Cologne, we uh, went and saw some of the top things to do when we made Cologne. It was really cool. But we also, at the weekends, did things that weren't on those lists. So, for example, in Munich, we went rafting with a couple on the river. We hired some bikes and then went somewhere, and it was just really cool. We went hiking with another. I think that was in Dresden. Um, and we went geocaching with another couple uh, in Dusseldorf, which was really cool. Yeah, we had a fantastic time. The name of that campaign was Indie Germany, and you can go back on the website, find those podcasts, find out that that whole trip. But, yeah, it was really interesting going from – working with the tourist board to highlight the thing in the city and then, you know, going and hanging out with people and figuring out what they do on the weekend. Absolutely. I remember one time we were couch surfing in Salzburg, which was really awesome. We did a similar thing there as well. We couch surfed and then stayed in the city as well in a hostel or hotel. And our couch surfing host took us to their favorite beer garden, which was awesome. And then we also, you also went to a football game mm -hmm. and everyone was dressed up in lederhosen and it was just really cool. Yeah, yeah. That Salzburg football uh, fandom is something else. Yeah. Something else. And yeah, it's just been so good talking with people that might like you and want to spend some time with you and going and doing fun stuff. So I guess the other side of that is talking with other travelers, right? Because they're coming from a, a similar place to you. They've been doing similar things. They've probably been reading some of the same blogs and, you know, some of the same guidebooks. But, you know, everyone explores. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and sometimes they have an inside scoop. Maybe they arrived a few days before you. They've already done the exploring and they've found something. And they can just tell you that. And then you can go and find it for yourself, right? I remember once we were staying in a hostel in Albania and someone said, oh, this is really cool, like semi-abandoned train station. You should go and have a look. So we went along with another, with another traveler and had a look around. And it was just interesting. It was really cool. Yeah, when we went out to Auschwitz, we were looking at all the information. It seemed a bit overwhelming and we were going to book onto a tour. 
But then we were talking with someone and they said, well, you know, you, you can catch a local bus out there for a couple of dollars and, you know, it's not an air-conditioned bus. And uh-huh. apparently that's the difference. Yeah. But it takes you from, you know. From the, the city centre. From, from the city uh, out to Auschwitz and, and back again. It was, it was very simple. Mm-hmm. And uh, we definitely didn't feel like we lost anything of the experience by going that way. In fact, I think we got a better experience because it wasn't so kind of mediated. It wasn't so touristy. Mm. We just got to go on local buses like a local would. So I thought that was really cool. One of the things I like doing, thinking about other travelers, is pulling up Instagram and, you know, looking for the location and flicking through and finding things. So you're going to find lots of, oh, my life is better than yours photos. (laughs) You're going to find lots of different viewpoints of the same old, same old. Mm -hmm. But sometimes there's something that catches your eye. You're like, wait, what? I haven't seen that before. Yeah. And that's that's the gold, right? Mm -hmm. That's what you're after. Mm -hmm. And using, you know, quite often photos of geotags so you can figure out where they are. Exactly. Well, you can also look on Facebook groups or blogs to find out similar information. If the place is small enough, though, you can just go for a walk. You, mm-hmm. you can literally just step out your front door and, and start walking in concentric circles <laughs> or walk in one direction until you get bored and then turn around again. Absolutely. We found this really successful in Spain uh, because there seem to be hundreds of these tiny little art galleries and interpretation centers and, and things like that. So when we were living in Alcalá de Henares, we were there for like nine months and we just went for a walk one day. And we stumbled across this little art gallery that had a temporary exhibition of Day of the Dead artwork and lots of skeletons. And it was it was just really cool. And after that, I, I kept an eye out for advertisements about this gallery. Zero. There was nothing. We, we would never have found it if we hadn't been just going for a walk. And also when we were in Alcalá de Henares, we went for a walk and we came across this old like brick kiln and just like historical monuments almost that don't appear in, in any of the guidebooks, but if you're just walking past, it's like a little sign that tells you what it is, and it's a moment in history captured, and it's just really cool. Yeah, I really like that. I like there's something about the the serendipity of it. There's something about the not knowing, mm-hmm. because if you're going to, to use the Eiffel Tower as an example, if you're going to go to the Eiffel Tower when you're in Paris, you know what it's going to look like. Exactly. It's going to look like all of the thousands <laughs> of hours of movie footage and, and photos and everything that you've, you've ever seen of it. And what I love is just finding stuff that is pleasantly surprising. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's the, the unplanned and the unknown, which is so cool. So even if it, like you're talking about a brick kiln and you've got this huge smile on your face, yeah. and I think it's hard to go... Oh, you found a brick kiln. Well done. <laughs> you know, like, but there is something that's so. Well, I wouldn't cool recommend about that. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't yeah, recommend yeah. someone go and look at this brick kiln. It's not that interesting. I mean, don't go to Alcaladinares and try and find this kiln. It's not that cool. But finding it was cool. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing, right? Yeah, and that's what's neat about just walking out your door and and starting to explore. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are places that are uniquely suited to that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it does tend to be, in our experience, it tends to be Europe, which mm-hmm. gives us the, the highest bang for our buck with stuff like that. Uh, and then I think cities and towns in South America as well, mm-hmm. where 
our hit ratio has been so off. Like in some places we go and it's like that. You find a little art gallery, you find a nice cafe, you find a, you know, a nice fountain, you end up in a little square, you, and it's like, this is awesome. Absolutely. And then other cities we've been in do exactly the same thing. You're like, cool, there's an apartment block and there's an apartment, apartment block. block. And an apartment block and a mall and a yeah you know like sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't it, and and that's part of the you know that's part of it when you're not racing when you've got time in your travel agenda just to go and take some risks yeah and I think geocaching is quite a good way to do this as well if you get the geocaching app and sometimes they can take you to places that are historical and it just it's just a reason to go for a walk as well mm, absolutely. One way that we found talking about going for a walk, finding lots of really interesting places is the Camino de Santiago. So in Spain, uh, you just basically are going for a great big long walk and it takes you through lots of little towns. And yeah, we came across really cool interpretation centers. On my last Camino, I found Simon de Bolivar's birthplace. There was a museum, it was closed, but I got to see a a statue that was kind of cool and it's all these little things that you wouldn't go out of your way to look for but because you're there they're interesting mm. and it helps connect up your your web of the world and your your understanding right because mm-hmm. when you're in bolivia bolivar is is pretty important yeah, yeah. right uh, and then to to come across his birthplace in a little tiny town in the north of spain you're like well, wouldn't have put that together <laughs> yeah it's great If you'd like to be a little bit more planned, (laughs) check out the official website because a lot of towns and cities have an official website that aims to tell travelers about everything to see and do. And because they're not commercially motivated like a magazine to drive eyeballs or, you know, like a blog to, to get the best search results, because they're not commercially motivated like that, they have a lot more information about like off the beaten path attractions. Mm-hmm. We often use the Auckland Council website to find out about like small local festivals. I remember one time we were looking for something to do that evening, and I found a comedy show that I hadn't seen advertised anywhere else, and it was just it was just perfect. So that kind of thing can be be really useful. In Alcala, I think it was the official website where we found out about walking paths where we could go for a wander and go up to the castle that Alcala is named for. It wasn't a very exciting castle, very, (laughs) very ruined. But, you know, it was still fun to go there. Yeah, and because there's no commercial value in walking up a very tall hill to some (laughs) ruins, it wasn't something we had seen in guides or city guides or anything and it was, yeah, it, it took that official government regional website to show us where it was. Absolutely. And it, it, was a, it was a fun walk. Yeah. Speaking of websites, now seems like a good time to mention our sponsor for this episode, Visit Milwaukee, which has a great website. Yeah, Milwaukee is known for wonderfully random experiences. You can visit the underground caves at the Miller Brewery. You can tap into your inner James Bond at the Safe House restaurant where you must present the correct password to get in or do a task to gain entrance. This is so crazy. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Uh, there's the Holler House, which is a tavern hosting the oldest sanctioned bowling lanes in the country. Like that? That, that's this kind of weird stuff yeah. that we're talking about that you'd never go out of your way to find. But once you do, you're like, huh, yeah. that's, that's a thing. Yeah, well, looking at the website, we found all sorts of crazy things to do in Milwaukee. And you should definitely visit visitmilwaukee.org slash indie and have a look around for yourself. 
definitely do that and definitely have a go at our next tip, which is to look at notice boards and look at ads that are that are hanging up around the place. Yeah, we've been doing a lot of house sitting recently, which often takes us to small towns and cities. And many of these places have never even considered making their own website. So you can do a Google search for this place and zero appears, right? Or maybe they have a website. Someone had the great idea of making a website and then nobody maintained it. So it's wildly out of date. So in this situation, we've found that local notice boards are basically the website (laughs) for this place. And they're often a really great source of of information. Remember when we were in Great Finborough? So we're there for like three months. It's the tiniest town. It has a a church. It has a pub. The pub was closed when we were arriving. It was quite disconcerting. And I think it has a school. And that's all there is. Mm -hmm. So we were like, what are we going to do here for three months? So when we first arrived, we went for a walk around the town, which took us seven minutes, and we found a couple of notice boards. And I I just started taking photos of all the notices, and I said, we're going to do everything. We're going to do everything that the notices advertise. So we went to a strawberry cream tea in a local barn, so like scones with with strawberry jam and cream and tea with milk and sugar. Yeah, yeah. We wandered through gardens on the open garden day, and it, it went all the way from one end of the town to the other, and at either end there was a tea tent so we had scones and <laughs> actually I think we had cake, which were made by the local ladies and tea. And uh, we also went to a, fe- a fete in the next door village. And all of this was found out through notices. Yeah, yeah. So good places to look for notice boards are near the town hall, near churches, uh, in libraries, sometimes in parks. And supermarket notice boards, they've often got stuff to sell, but they can also host a wealth of information about stuff that's going on locally. Yeah, I think with small towns, it's easier. Mm, it's definitely, easier. Definitely. Uh, when you're in a big place, it's less useful. You're, you're more likely to find information online. But there's more likely also to be like billboards mm. and posters and stuff like that. Like, well, our first day in Prague, we saw an, an ad for, for the Kafka Ballet, which which we talked about on one of our recent shows. We we saw the ad, looked it up, bought the tickets, went to the show. Yeah, and we never would have known about it if we hadn't seen the ad, and it was exactly the kind of thing. Well, I wouldn't say it's exactly the kind of thing that interests us because we're not really that big on ballet, but we are very big on Kafka, so it was really cool. Yeah, yeah. I have to say there's something really weird at the moment. I'm, I'm rereading Kafka, uh-huh. right? And I'm watching Mr. Robot, the TV show, for the first time. Okay. And like these two dystopian worlds just <laughs> colliding. It's 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 a bit crazy. Yeah, maybe it's a bit you crazy. Should, maybe you should limit yourself to one or the other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just for your mental health. <laughs> okay, what's next on the list then? Okay, let's move on to point number six, which is to do a tour. So one way we often start our stay in a city, especially if it's for an extended period of time, is that we'll do a tour. It's usually a walking tour, but it could also be a food tour because we do like food. And occasionally we might do one of the hop-on, hop-off bus tours if nothing better is available. Yeah, so what that does is it gives us an overview of the destination. It gives us a little bit of history, a little bit of just a, just a touch of inside knowledge, and that just gives us like a bit of a framework to begin understanding where we're at. Mm, Absolutely. And sometimes it gives us access to places that we just wouldn't have known about without the guide's knowledge. Mm. So my my big one for that is when we did a walking tour in Alcala. So we'd arrived in Alcala, we knew we were going to be there for like nine or ten months, and we joined a tour. And Alcala is quite a small city, so I think the tours only run 
like twice a week or something like that. But the tour guide managed to talk us all into the into the Corral de Comedias, which is a 16th century playhouse. It was built at the same time as Shakespeare's Globe. And in fact, it hosted all sorts of performances through the years. And it's pretty much only open to visitors a few times a year. So we managed to get in there, have a look around, and it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And prompts for ideas of things to do later on in the trip, right, as well. Mm-hmm. So so you get that access, but you also get get ideas of, oh, I want to go back there. Absolutely. Or, I, you know, when we were here, we passed that place, and I want to go and check that out. Yeah. Uh, when we were in Athens quite recently, we did a food tour, and that took us into the cellar-like restaurant. It was... I don't know. To me, I would have walked past it a thousand times without even noticing it existed. It was just a wooden door down some clay steps. I would have felt like I was walking, literally walking into someone's cellar. Absolutely. It was just dilapidated and old and you wouldn't have seen it. And the guide walked us down there with confidence, sat us down, got food for us. We had such a good time. It was, yeah, just just great food. Mm-hmm. And in a place we just wouldn't have known. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of weird thinking about, like, here's a tour. It's run for money. It's commercial. But yet it's unearthing Mm -hmm. these little uh, weird places. Yeah. Thinking of that in Battenbang, I remember. Oh, yeah. We really wanted to go to this winery. We we heard that near Battenbang there was the only winery in Cambodia. So we said we want to do that. And we met up with just another another tourist, and we agreed to – spend the next day doing a, a tuk-tuk tour. And the, the tuk-tuk tour guide said, yes, we can go We can go to this winery and I'll also take you to these three other places that we knew nothing about. And it was amazing. We got to see kind of the highlights of Battenbag, but they were like low-level highlights, you know, that, mm-hmm. that not everyone would go to. So it was really interesting. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that ties in nicely with the next point. So I'll jump to that now, which is to follow your heart or maybe follow your thirst in that case. <laughs> you know, choose a choose a theme, find your enthusiasm. And just like, you know, we heard there was one winery in Cambodia and we said we have to go there. So that impacted what city we went to, that impacted what we were talking to with the tour guide. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of opened up that whole thing for us. Yeah, we did a similar thing when we were in Peru as well. In Ica, I think it was, we we heard that there was a winery near there. And so we went along. And not only did we get to do a bit of a tour of the winery, we got to try pressing the grapes with our feet. And it was just it was just really cool. Yeah, that was fantastic. I've never done that before, that old-fashioned, you know, foot stomping yeah. in a pit full of grapes. Oh, it was cool. It was. It was very messy. It was. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if you, if you love something, do it. I mean, if you love hiking, then find a day hike wherever you are. So when we were in Bristol last year, we wanted to do some hiking. and We looked online and we found some day hikes from Bristol or to Bristol. In one case, we walked out of Bristol and then caught the, I think we caught an Uber back from Bath. Another time we caught a bus to the beginning of the walk and walked back into Bristol. It was just really, really cool. Absolutely. Or if you enjoy cooking, do a cooking class. Like we did that in Prague the last time we were here. Yeah, that was really and cool. Yeah, it was neat. And it was it was like a community organized cooking class. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, we found out about that through Charlie as well, which goes back to our first point about talking to locals to mm. find out 
what's going on. Yeah. But if you don't have that local access, search for your theme and your location on Google and cross your fingers and hope something cool comes up. Yeah. So, for example, in our case, we might have searched for Cambodia and wine and and found that or Bristol and hike, that kind of thing. So, yeah, just choose your, your location and your topic and hopefully you'll find something that really fits your enthusiasm. Yeah, we've found that to be really valuable for us because even if things aren't of interest to other people, they're of interest to us mm-hmm. and it gets you off the like the conveyor belt of of seeing this, seeing that, seeing this, seeing that. And it kind of shifts you into a mode of of doing things and doing things that that bring you a lot of joy. Yeah, one of my favorite memories from our time in the Czech Republic for example is going to a meetup to play board games. So we found out about it through Couchsurfing host, weird asked to stay with him and he said no, but he said, but I see that you like board games. Do you want to come with me to this meetup? And we said, yes. And so we did and it was really cool. We got to play some of our favorite games and spend some time with some great people and we even met a board game author. So that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, it was. And now, like it didn't exist back then or it definitely hadn't scaled back then, but meetup.com can be a good way to do it. And we've been using it to find like meetups mm-hmm. in cities that we go to. Yeah, for example, one of my classmates, Henry, really loves running. So he found a meetup to go running here in Prague, yeah. which I think is cool. I mean, it's a good way to do what you love while in your location. Awesome. So whatever you're doing, however you choose to look for them, find those things that you love because they're there in every destination and there's weird, interesting stuff just waiting on you to find them. Yeah, there are so many ways to find lesser known attractions wherever you happen to be or wherever you happen to be going. Well, that's us for this week. Until next time, travel well.